Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion team. Welcome to the This Week in Rays Baseball Podcast. Here's your host, Neil Solons. Well, we hope you had a great time at FanFest. Hope you got your Super Bowl fill because that means baseball is now right around the corner. And joining us on our podcast today, Senior Vice President of the Rays, Haim Bloom. Haim, hope that uh, FanFest and the Super Bowl were fun for you and the family. Yeah, it was a great weekend overall. Now we get to baseball because usually that means it's right around the corner and it truly is. Uh, we're going to hear from Jose Fernandez later. The the um, everything's packed and on its way now to Port Charlotte. Um, so for you guys, what's the mindset now here in this final week before the players start working out full time over in in Port Charlotte? Well, we're definitely itching to get going. It's been a long winter. Uh, it always is, and you get to this point in the winter, and you're just looking ahead to actually. Uh, seeing real baseball again and really uh, you know you've spent the whole winter trying to put together a group and actually this winter things have been a little uh, later developing I think throughout the industry so there's still work ahead of us before we really uh, you know get to Port Charlotte and before we really see what we have but we're really excited to to you know having put all this work in to really take it out for a spin and see what it looks like. You've added some players recently let's touch on the minor league deals you announced last week first Ricky Weeks um, I would assume somebody, based on what he did last year, who could compete and potentially help you guys against left-handed pitching. Yeah, there's two things that uh, that we really liked about Ricky in this context, and one of them uh, is his bat, especially against left-handed pitching. Uh, he's got a good track record there, feel really good about his ability to handle left-handed pitching, and uh, that's something that fits well with uh, with what's in our group right now and what we felt we were lacking. Also, uh, you know, he's been around the block a couple times. He's a veteran with good presence, uh, real good makeup, and excited to add that to our group. And then you added two pitchers on minor league deals, Corey Rasmus, who's Colby's brother, and also David Carpenter, who we saw briefly last year before he was let go, basically a numbers game. Um, can either, are, are, are both truly in competition right now for, for bullpen spots potentially? Yeah, we're, uh, you know, we're still not entirely sure exactly how the bullpen is going to come together. And uh, both of these guys are guys who have uh done some real good things at the major league level. Uh, in Corey's case, obviously, it's nice to have the family connection with Colby on board. Uh, but we also look back a couple years at what he did, especially down the stretch in 14 with the Angels. Uh, and we're excited to add that kind of an arm to our mix. He's a power arm uh, who's uh, been successful in stretches at the big league level. And with Carpenter, uh, you know, we brought him into camp last year and uh, just didn't see everything we were looking to see, especially in the velocity department. Uh, it looked to us like he was getting that velocity back, so we decided to bring him back and uh, give him another shot. 
We'll see how he does. But that means that you guys still have more to do. You know, we can't talk about uh, an addition yet of, of Logan Morrison because that has been announced. But you guys are still in the market for a right-handed bat and bullpen. Would that be fair to say at this point? Yeah, and there's different ways that this could come together, but those two are certainly things that would be nice to add to our mix. We do, you know, I mentioned earlier that it's been kind of a late developing offseason, and there's still opportunities out there, we think, and we're going to be very active, and we've had a lot of conversations to date, and we'll continue to have conversations to try to add one or two pieces uh, to our group. Do you carry more players than normal? I guess you're up to, what, 61 or 62 players now coming to big league camp. Do you carry more players than normal this year because it's a longer spring training with the new CBA and because of the World Baseball Classic, the WBC? Yeah, I think we will be running a little bit higher in our numbers than we usually do, uh, in particular because of the WBC and knowing that we've got a couple of guys uh, who are uh, going there and that aren't going to be with us for uh, part of camp. And also with the longer spring training, wanting to make sure that we take some of the pressure off some of our guys who are more established, who aren't competing. They just need to get ready for the season. We want to make sure we have enough guys in camp to take the load off of them. As we move toward the start of spring training, and I'm sure that we'll talk to a representative from baseball operations early next week, you know, Matt and, and Kevin will give kind of a, a state of the state. Um, but where are you feel, where do you feel best about the competition among the group? And where would be, let's say, the greatest concern or, or question mark going into camp? Well, we came into the winter uh, wanting to increase competition really across the board, as you know. And I think with some of the moves we made to bring in, uh, you know, different guys in the outfield and different looks in the outfield, too, uh, you know, in particular with Colby and also acquiring Malik Smith, where we have guys who are center field options, uh, Malik's being a speed guy, uh, just giving us uh, a lot of competition out there in different looks. Uh, we feel good about that. Also feel good about uh, where we stand uh, with our pitching and our starting pitching in particular, even having moved Drew Smiley with, of course, having DeLeon come back in and, you know, we always like to have uh, a group of guys that we know are going to be in the rotation and then a lot of depth behind that because we know not just in spring training, but as the year unfolds, it's not just going to be five starters. It's going to be seven, eight, nine, maybe more starters. Uh, and you look at even teams that go to the playoffs end up needing a great deal of depth in their starting rotation. Uh, so those are two areas we feel really good about. Uh, there's a couple areas that, uh, you know, as far as behind the plate, uh, you know, we like the guys we have on hand, but we know we're going to have to be a little bit patient for the for the big prize and Wilson Ramos as he works his way back to health. Uh, and then, you know, certainly in the bullpen, I think it, we're really intrigued to see uh, a lot of the young arms coming into camp and how they may fig factor into the picture. Uh, but we know uh, we still have some things to sort through there. And the starting pitching that you mentioned is a strength. It really can help hide some of the bullpen questions too because if they're not overworked and the starters give you six or seven innings on a more regular basis which they didn't do the first half of last year then that allows you to use the bullpen a little bit differently yeah there's no question and uh we know they're capable of that and i think more importantly they know they're capable of that and they showed that to us more in the second half last year this is a group it's an accomplished group it's a confident group and when things are going well all those guys really feed off each other and I guess that goes back to, um, you know, you mentioned the improved defense and the outfield with Malik Smith and Colby Rasmus. If you can turn potential hits into outs, you're also helping saving your staff, whether it's for your bullpen or your rotation. Is there at all a concern about the middle of the diamond? I know, you know, you feel probably pretty good about the catching from a defensive standpoint, 
you know, I know you mentioned their question marks until Ramos comes back. And obviously you feel good about not only Kevin Kiermeyer, but now the depth and center field behind him. But are there questions with the middle, not knowing at least who the second baseman is going to be on opening day? Yeah, you know, I do think that's one of the uh, the questions that comes into play when, when you do something like we did with moving Forsyth. Um, but we do feel that it's going to turn out well. I mean, you look at Matt Duffy, and while we haven't really seen him play shortstop for an extended period of time at the major league level, we saw him do it coming up, and he's just such a fundamentally sound baseball player that we think he's going to be fine there. And then, at, and, you know, at second base um, – we like a lot of the different guys that we have coming in and, you know, whether it's Brad Miller, whether it's Nick Franklin, Tim Beckham, uh, and then, you know, looking ahead to, uh, to Robertson to potentially Adamas joining the infield at some point. Uh, a lot of these guys, you know, we look at how Logan Forsyth established himself and we only got to find out how consistent he was and how reliable he was because of an opportunity that we didn't anticipate that was created for him that he took advantage of. So we're confident that out of that group, uh, guys are going to take advantage of opportunities. Certainly interested to see how that plays out. And we know that you've got a lot to play out over the next week or so. Good luck in terms of filling out the rest of the roster. And thanks for a few minutes on our latest podcast. Thanks. And we'll be excited to see everybody in Port Charlotte. Well, we certainly appreciate High and Bloom coming on our latest podcast. We know it's getting close because we're beyond the Super Bowl. So joining me now is Andy Freed. Andy, hope you had a good time at FanFest over the weekend. It was really the first time for us that we've done it before spring training started. I liked it, actually. I thought it was very, very good. I thought the layout of the uh, of the field was actually better than it had been in years past. There seemed to be more room. And I just all I could hear and see was people pumped up about the season. And the concern's legitimate. And I, and I think they were very fair. But one thing I'm always reminded, you know, what... When you're on Twitter, when you're on, when you're like what you do when you're hosting the post game, and you usually hear just the complaints, it's easy to forget about uh, the people that do kind of understand what the Rays are doing. And uh, I heard a lot of that on Saturday, that understanding why some of the moves have been made and actually feeling pretty optimistic. And then you look at some of the fan grass predictions and you see the Rays moving up in the standings. It, it gets me pumped up for the season, I know. And, you know, it's kind of odd because, you know, here we are uh, two days after Fan Fest on the 6th and it's moving day and we're going to hear from Jose Fernandez a little bit about, you know, the equipment going down the 100 miles or, or so to, to Port Charlotte. But there's still stuff for the Rays to do and they expect to do things between now and the start of workouts. I would think so. I mean, I, I still am really hoping they can add another bullpen arm. I'm hoping they can add another bat, perhaps to help complement uh, Logan Marson at first base, uh, to bat from the right side. I still think about a Chris Carter could be such a great fit with us, or some of the other guys that may be out there. Weeders is still an interesting option. So there's, there's plenty to be uh, interested about, and I think this team realizes that they're not quite complete for this offseason. And I, I just get the sense from talking to the front office folks that they uh they're working pretty hard to, to add something to this team and you know that said let's say they do add the right-handed bat and they do add another bullpen arm you know they really have attacked a lot of areas that at the end of the season we thought needed to be addressed i mean they've addressed outfield depth they've become a little bit more athletic um you know they certainly address the catching area and if they add another bullpen arm they've added two veteran arms probably into the bullpen which which they did need yeah, but when I think, too, about the years that the Rays have gotten better, it, it is often from not only the acquisitions from the outside, but the guys from the inside getting better. And when you mention catching, I mean, obviously we're all thrilled to get Wilson Ramos. I can't wait to see him back at the plate, whenever that may be, June, July, August, who knows, and then all of next year. But 
I'm really looking for some sort of improvement uh, from two very hardworking guys, and Kurt Casale and Luke Maley. I, I think that both of those guys uh, could show a degree of improvement this year. Now, is it going to be to the point where they're going to become all-star guys? I, I'm not expecting that, but I think they can both be a little more impactful, uh, especially at the plate, and continue to now, in really their full second years, uh, as as lead catchers for this team, uh, do well with the pitchers. Uh, that that is such the where all so much of the energy of a baseball game is done between the pitcher and the catcher. And I like the fact that they're returning with Ramos. I, I think that's going to be a suddenly a plus for this team. And as we all know, uh, unless you have a good catching situation, it, it is hard to win. So I, I think both of those guys, especially when you look at what, okay, who are the other catchers in the division? I think we we're getting close to being right there. Uh, mm-hmm. Especially once Ramos arrives, no doubt. And then you know, you the other thing that has to be addressed is look when this team has been good, it's been good starting pitching. And you know, I think the hope or the expectation is Alex Cobb having a regular off season, Chris Archer improving and learning from last year, and having Alex you know with him from the get go. Jake Odorizzi being solid, Blake Snow maturing a year. Same for Matt Andres. You know, this group has to begin. It begins if they're going to compete with starting pitching. There's no, I mean, of course, that, that is so true. And, you know, Jake Odorizzi said it the other day at this uh, sponsor summit that we had, you know, I was thinking of kind of a nice way of saying, well, the, the starters in the first half didn't do as well as expecting. He goes, no, the, the starting pitching stunk in the first half of the year. That was, <laughs> J- that was Jake Odorizzi's words. And uh, I appreciated his candor because I, I think ultimately he was right. The season was lost in the first half. Of course, with the injuries of Forsyth and Kiermaier last year, those were gigantic, but it was all five starting pitchers underperforming what we expected. So could we be in line for a bounce back? It, it does make you wonder uh, that if, okay, then if they were really good leading into the season and then were not so good during the season, then got better in the second half, could, we, could they all have improvement and that bounce back for this year? If so, this is going to be an exciting year because I think offensively the Rays have addressed things. Uh, and I think Corey Dickerson is a guy that, you know, mm-hmm. Dickerson and Souza and Kiermaier offensively, if they could make some improvement with Chad Natold and Jamie Nelson and start to unlock some of those things, along with Corey, uh, uh, Cody Rasmus coming in too, uh, then the offense is addressed a little bit. So I think the Rays have gone to great lengths to try to improve, as you say, what were the deficits of this team. Now it's just going to come down to, all right, can everyone stay healthy and let's get this team moving. And you mentioned staying healthy and guys, you know, perhaps having bounce back years, the guys who were here. You know, I look at the bullpen, and yes, you've made an addition with Sean Tolleson, and we expect another. But Brad Boxberger is a pretty important piece of this, too, if he can bounce back and at least be closer to the guy we saw in 14 and 15. It was kind of a lost year. Uh, I mean, there's no getting around it. I mean, this is a guy that was, you know, how many years have we gone into a season expecting to have a closer, you know, and saying this is, well, we knew Boxberger was a closer on this team. And mm-hmm. look, it turned out great for Alex Colomy. And now I look at him as the ninth inning guy. Uh, but Boxy, you really hope, can make a step back to close to what he was two and three years ago. And you just hope that the injury thing is healed up. I mean, it was such a, a deficit for this. That bullpen just crumbled and collapsed, and it was like the old days where you just couldn't get it to the closer. Uh, and I'm interested in Erasmo's role, too. I mean, it, it, at some point, does he go into the rotation? Do they use him as the swing guy like they did last year? Do they use him in the high leverage? Do they use him in, you know, to eat up innings? I mean, mm-hmm. maybe all of that. And, and a lot of it's up to Erasmo, too, and how to get himself ready for these appearances uh, when, when he is working out of the bullpen or when he is a starter, what to do between starts. So I think all of that stuff really matters when you're looking to put together a pitching staff. But, look, there are plenty of questions for this team, and there's going to be lots of time to answer them, but we won't really know the answers until 
everything starts April 2nd. And, you know, the neat thing about this, I guess good and bad, we do have a longer spring training to get to evaluate guys, and I'm also looking forward to seeing some of the kids. I mean, this is the first time we've seen, you know, young position players like Willie Adamas and Casey Gillespie and Jake Bowers who were all in that 21-year, you know, 21 to 23 age group among the position players, and then kids like, you know, longer look at Janie Schultz and Ryan Stanek, et cetera, were, were, I think there are some guys who really are on the cusp of helping this organization. It was actually really exciting to see these guys uh, on Saturday at FanFest, just because we've heard about, you know, Stanek and Schultz and those guys. I mean, we hear that they're coming. We hear that they're getting better. I'm glad they are not being and weren't rushed to the major leagues. But, okay, these are 3D people. These aren't just names and stats on a page that we're always hearing about and reading about and hearing about, you know, the reading through their game stories from the night before. These are real guys. And, you know, I, that, that bullpen's got to get, as the saying goes, more physical. And some hard-throwing guys, I think, are going to come in. I'm anxious to see from a speed side, Malik Smith. I mean, mm-hmm. this team is in desperate need of some speed, some base running ability. You know, when you think of it in the, in the race of the years, were good, too. Not only did they have... Uh, the, the main guys, you know, the starting guys that were stealing bases, but they had a, a guy that could be a pinch runner off the bench, and he may end up filling all of those roles, but I'm anxious to see whenever he gets to the major leagues, and even in spring training, you just hope he's healthy and can get that speed and energize this team. It's not just the steal, it's the threat of the steal that I think really imposes things on the opposing pitchers and defense. So I think he's going to play a large role if the Rays are going anywhere this year. And we know we're close when we have our countdown to opening day show, so that's coming up this Thursday already. It absolutely is on, uh, as you know, 620 WDAE, and uh, our first show is going to be from the studio, uh, not the studio, from the soundstage up there, so uh, people will be able to join us. I know if you tune into WDAE, they're going to have ways that you can uh, be a part of things and get there, and we believe Kevin Kiermaier is going to be part of the show, so we're waiting to totally hammer all that out, but it looks like that's going to happen on Thursday, and let's just start talking some baseball. On what is today, by the way, Babe Ruth's birthday, I always notice that that yesterday on Sunday was Hank Aaron's birthday. Today is Babe Ruth's birthday. It always gets me kind of pumped up because that's when we really start talking baseball. Well, a guy who knows his history as well as any in the game of baseball, Andy Freed. Andy, we certainly appreciate a few minutes. Yeah, thanks. We'll talk soon. Well, we certainly appreciate having Andy Freed on the podcast. You know, we mentioned a couple of times today is moving day. What that means is the Rays have the truck loaded and send it down to Port Charlotte, the equipment manager of the Rays. Now, Nearly two decades with the organization is Jose Fernandez. And Jose today spoke with the media a little bit about what the greatest challenges are in regards to moving day. You know what? The biggest challenge for us is to the whole thing. Just put the, the, the whole thing together. We try not to forget anything. If we do, you know, we're just, you know, 100 miles away. But uh, uh, put the whole thing uh, together is, is, is a challenge. Uh, just to make sure that we're not forgetting anything, like I said, and make sure that, we, that we're packing all the things that we're going to need for, for spring training. Because it's a WBC year and spring training's a little longer, do you carry a little more stuff than a normal year? I, I don't think so. I think that we are packing basically the same things that we did last year. Um, maybe some, some extra bats from, from some guys that left uh, bats uh, you know, over to, for the uh, winter. But other than that, it's basically the same, the same thing every, every year. Uniforms, bats, baseballs. When we talk about uniforms, uh, we have like 150 uh, sets, including you know, jerseys, uh, pants. Uh, it's like 65 cases of baseballs in the truck. We have like 67, I think, uh, dozen of bats. Uh, we got a lot of miscellaneous stuff for the trainers. Uh, I will say probably like 100 uh, boxes for, with uh, trainer supplies. We have from, uh, you guys can imagine, from shoelaces to uh, car seats uh, for players, uh, uh, babies. Um, we have drinks. We have uh, helmets. 
um, it's a lot of uh, stuff. It's like moving, you know what I mean, a house, but you know, you uh, multiply that by a hundred times. We start packing, uh, I will say the January 6th, 7th. That's when we start actually, you know, putting everything together uh, for spring training. And, um, you know, talking about uh, the moving day and stuff, we also have a lot of stuff that we got in, in Port Charlotte already. So the bulk of what we uh, receive is already there. So um, it's, uh, it's, it's a lot of stuff. Well, we certainly appreciate having Jose Fernandez on the podcast and uh, kudos to him and his entire staff for all they do, not only during the course of moving day, but during the course of the season. They certainly make it easier on the broadcasters as well as the players and the coaches. Thanks to Jose, Andy Freed, as well as Hi and Bloom for joining us on today's podcast. A reminder again, our countdown to opening day show will be on Thursday from 7 to 8 on our flagship and the Rays Radio Network. Again, that is Thursday night, and if you miss it, we will turn it into a podcast too. Next time I speak with you, I'll be down at spring training in Port Charlotte. Thanks again for joining us. We'll talk to you soon.